Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Let's take our Bibles, if you have that. Hold it up. Nice, nice, nice. And do this. Turn with me to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Praise God. Amen. Ephesians 5. I'm excited today. Uh, It's no surprise to me uh, when we begin this series, Legacy, and we begin to dig into the things that we're going to be digging into and, and talking about things that are generational. Uh, all of these things, I knew the enemy was really ticked. And, and, you know, I don't know if, again, Satan messed our speakers up or it was just called whatever, lightning struck. I don't know. I don't, I, but, but I knew little things. He'll always try to go in and try to distract and try to pull your attention away. So listen, today, regardless of what's going on in your situation, regardless of the distractions that have come in, I really want you to stay focused and tune in to what God wants to do today, because I believe he wants to speak to each of us in this place. So Ephesians 5, uh, as we jump in, I'm just going to let you know today, uh, as we've been in this series, uh, Legacy, we've been talking about uh, the things that are preparing uh, the next generation and doing the things in this generation and in our life to prepare for what God wants to do in the next. And so uh, I've been hitting some things very specific. I, I always pray and hear, want to try to hear from God before I get up here. But uh, over the last few weeks, and I believe today as well, I'm on some specific assignments. Uh, really, I'm specific assignments of things that God wants to do. And a few weeks ago, we spoke to our men directly. Last week, we spoke to our ladies directly. Uh, today, we're going to be uh, speaking to um, in, in the lives of marriages and married couples. And so, uh, again, you have a tendency to do this if you're not married. Whew, throw your hands up, breathe these, and say, good, I can sit back, cross my legs, and relax. I'm good. No, please hear this message that young people take more notes today than you always take. So to do this, write this stuff down, get this in you, because it's very possible, even if you're not married right now, you will be one day. Uh, it's very possible that, uh, matter of fact, I know you do. You know someone is married. Some God may call you to minister to them. And so how many knows we're all called to be ministers of the gospel and share the love? Oh, y'all too quiet for me. Come on. That was good. <clears throat> All right, that was better. And so uh, we need to hear this word, so don't, don't, don't pull out. Stay in here, and let's do this. So Ephesians 5, we're going to start at verse 22, and uh, we'll read 22 first. And uh, it says this. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands. I feel led by God to read that one more time. <laughs> Wives, submit to your husbands. I think that's all we need to say today. Let's pray. Let's go home. God, thank you today for your word. It's clear. It's true. I pray we'll walk. Okay. All right. Okay. How many of you can have fun in church? Amen. Wives, I don't know why I had to read it again. Wives, submit to your own husbands. As to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church and is the Savior of the body. It's powerful. And, uh, man, I tell you, there's, this is a good word if you'll listen. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be, uh, let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives. I knew that was going to happen. 
Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that as she should be holy and without blemish. We were singing about him being holy a few moments ago, and his desire and plan is for us to be holy as well. So, again, he is the only one that can do that today, and so in our hearts. So husbands, he says twice as much to the guys. I don't know why he does that. Uh, He says twice as much. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does to the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Wow, it's a beautiful picture. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. That's why the enemy is after your marriage so much, because this is a picture today of what, what the church looks like with Christ. And so uh, verse 33 says, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Wow, that's a good word. Let's do this. Let's just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us get this today. Because uh, honestly, we're going to need him to help us get this today. And so, and apply this. Father, thank you today for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that you're here. Uh, and God, I just give you thanks, God, for what's happening. And Lord, I, I just want to pray for every marriage in the room that's currently in, in place, God. Uh, I, I thank you, Lord, that your plan is clear. Your word is clear, God, and you do want to see that marriage blessed and used for your glory and honor, Father. And, and Lord, for the marriages that will take place one day, God, I'm thankful, Father, for legacies that were going to be birthed and come out of the marriages and the homes, Lord, that will be established and are being established in this church today. God, I give you thanks for every bit of it. I honor you today, God. I'm thankful for you, Lord, today and all that you're doing. Church, say it with me in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Strong marriages make great legacies. Strong marriages make great legacies. And uh, I've found this, I've been in ministry for a little while now, and and in ministry I've seen this, that there are marriages struggling. I mean, there are. There are marriages that are struggling. Um, And and one of the things that I'm finding is it's not because they're necessarily bad people in those marriages, and their heart and their goal and their intent is to sabotage the marriage. I'm finding that's just not the case. There are situations where that may arise. There are situations where you have a blatant uh, just uh, disrespect for the gospel, blatant disrespect for the marriage covenant, what that should be. But there is a lot of situations that I'm finding. A lot of times when I sit down and do counsel with married couples, I'm finding out they had no premarital counseling whatsoever. They were sent into this thing called marriage, which can be at times like a war zone uh, and uh, sometimes can be like Disney World. But we enter in and go into these things so many times unprepared. So I find this is the case in so many times because uh, literally it's not the church is not being equipping the people as they should. Um, we're living in a time right now where the world is telling you the big lie that life ends with marriage. Come on, how I many of us are telling the truth? You know, so again, this on everything. I, I don't have to camp out and stay here alone, but you just turn on the television and it just shows and they're trying to portray somehow that it is the single people who are here doing their thing, you know, and, and having a good time. And then all of a sudden you get married and life 
It's over, man. Sucks everything out of you, and it's over and done. It's a lie. And then this has also happened. The church has been silent on this issue. And because we haven't been speaking enough on this issue, marriages are suffering as well. And for whatever reason, again, like I spoke to the ladies last week, regardless of whatever got you into the situation that you're in, we have to come and, and realize and see, I'm in this place now, I'm in this moment now, what can I do? What are the things that I can put in place and do in my life to help this situation and the marriage move forward? So I think that's what uh, each of us really deep down want. And so I believe that's the heart of the people of this church. I believe the people of this church want to have strong marriages. And, uh, and we see things like statistics, statistics showing that, you know, at least 50% of the marriages are going to end in divorce. So they go in with a mindset thinking, well, this very, very 50, 50 chance, this is going to work. Uh, this may happen. This may happen. This may work. This may work. Listen, I believe this. I believe that there's a hundred percent chance that your marriage can't work when we do it God's way. Come on, that was good. There's a 100% chance that your marriage can work when we do it God's way, when we apply his word to our life. And so also this, I believe his marriage is something that we should be enjoying. Oh, man, that was good. And so here's the truth. If you're in marriage right now and you're not enjoying your marriage, you're not doing it right. And so, uh, so listen, again, not bad people, but maybe misinformed and so, or lack of information. So today, we're going to go to the greatest source that we have, the greatest teaching tool, the greatest promise that we have, and it's the Bible. And so we're going to look at today, just keep your Bible open as we look today at Ephesians 5 and as we read this scripture. And I'll say this right now, you're going to find out that in every way, our flesh nature hates Ephesians 5. It just does. It just, in every way, it hates it. Uh, Naturally, as we read the scriptures, this is probably not one of those scriptures that we're going to put on the refrigerator for us. The husband's probably not going to go up there and put the part, just their part in the fridge. Now, they may do this. They may print it out, write it out, and put the submit to your husband, highlight it, underline it, put asterisks beside it, put it on the thing, tattoo it across their chest, and remind their wife each night, submit to your husband. I don't know how that works, but we don't want to do this for us. Let's be honest. Let's be real. This goes against everything within us. You don't read Ephesians 5, and as you hear those words today, as the ladies just let that just get into your spirit, wife, submit to your husband. You didn't go, oh. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Holy Ghost, come on, Lord Jesus, pull your spirit out right now. Oh, I wanted to submit to him. No, you didn't. You know what happened? And then again, I'm saying this in love. When you heard that story, Something inside of you, your flesh nature began to pull against that. It's just true. Now, some of you thought this. Now, if my husband will love me like Christ loved church, then I'll submit. If he'd act like Jesus once in a while, I'd act like he's been acting, maybe I'll submit to him. But we're going to see today the scripture and what that looks like. And as we read this, we're going to see this, that it's just something that God challenges us to do as husband and wife. And there's not really conditions on it. This is not if. He doesn't say in any time, this is optional. If your wife will, will literally submit to you, then you love her. Husband, you know this, you know, and if she submits to me, and if she would come underneath me, I've been trying to tell her what to do, and she won't listen to nobody, she's hard-headed, and love her. 
So we're going to find out this is challenging us. Again, that doesn't just leap up in our spirit. We don't just shout the glory and have church when we read this. So again, we see this. But what happens for us so many times in the marriage, and it's just true. I've just, I've seen it. And I've even tried to do this at times. We'll spend our time, efforts, and our energy in trying to get our spouse to do their part. Seriously, I wear people out. I mean, it's just worn down. I mean, they're just doing everything they can. Back sore. Man, what's wrong with you, man? What's happening? What's going on? Man, why are you so so down? Man, I'm trying to get my wife to do what she's supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Back sore. I'm tired. I'm hurting. And then you're the ladies. I'm just wore out. I'm just trying to get my husband to be the spiritual leader of the home. Y'all look at me laughing. Y'all know I'm talking truth. But we do it. Now, we, again, we love what Ephesians 5 says about our spouse. But we don't really love what Ephesians 5 says about us. So we have to read this. We have to look at Scripture and finally see that. And so today, I'm preaching to every person, married or single. I'm preaching to every person because, again, God has a calling in your life and wants to do something in you to minister to someone. Uh, if they're married, possibly, again, you may be single, but be married one day. So, again, I'm speaking to every person. So regardless of today, I want you to do this. I want you to say, the Word of God is speaking to me. He's, t- he's talking to me. So make sure today we grab hold of the things that are there. And so as we do this, I just think as a gentleman, I should speak to the ladies first. Come on, fellas. Can y'all back a brother up for just one moment? Help me out. Help me out. Thank you, Jesus. Just, I mean, it's, it's just a gentlemanly thing to do. Plus, the Bible says this. He speaks for the women first. So we're going to talk for the ladies for just a second. Let's just do this. Let's just talk to the ladies a second. Verses 22 through 24, we read them say this. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as a church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So naturally, again speaking, we have the tendency to just want to be by our flesh nature, by being humans, by living in this thing called skin and breathing in and out. We have a tendency to want to do the opposite. It's just true. Uh, we just see this just throughout Scripture. Matter of fact, we see the beautiful picture of the fall of man, and I've seen Adam get blamed. I've seen Eve get blamed. I've seen both of them get smacked around. And, 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 but here's the truth. They both failed. They both missed it. They both were called to do a certain thing, and both of them got out of order, did not do their part. So let's look at it real quick. Take your Bibles, and you can hold your place in Ephesians 5. We'll go back. But do this. Go to the first book in the Bible, Genesis, in case you were wondering. Go to Genesis, chapter 3. Genesis, chapter 3, verses 1. I want us to look, and we're going to see some things today that's just going to leap out, I believe, in, in our hearts. And uh, as we see, again, what God's calling us to do, it has always been the same call. Verse 1 says this. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now, to just, if you don't know this, just kind of what's taking place here, you know, God created male and female. He created us in his image. And he placed us on this earth to have dominion. 
I mean, literally, to rule and, and have dominion over the fowl and the uh, earth and all the uh, creatures. And so literally in this moment, when the enemy came as a serpent to Adam and Eve, they should have had dominion. They should have done what Jesus done when he came and, and crushed the head of the serpent. They had the authority to do that. And they were called to walk this thing out. But then this is how he works. He came in and he began to just do his work and do his magic. And he said, in verse 2 it says, And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. So they both knew this. They both knew that if they partook of the tree, they would die. It wasn't a secret. It was clear. They knew what the the words was. They knew what the consequences were. And, And ain't that just like us sometimes? We know what the consequences are going to be, and yet we still do it anyway. And so we see, I didn't get no love there. Uh, but but it, it's just true. We, we do that. And it said, then the serpent said to the woman, oh, no, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the days you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. They're already made in his image. They're already like God and they screwed it up. I mean, they messed this thing up. And so this is what takes place. Verse uh, 6 says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree uh, desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. There we go. That was her fault. We're good right now. Now we know. We can close the book. You've got everything needs to be said. Women, repent. You know, we, we see this. The fruit and ate. But listen, she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. So we're going to talk about this. Now, just look for a moment. We see in Scripture the enemy come in, present, make this beautiful picture, and if they eat of this fruit, then they will come in, and then they will have this great thing. Then they will be able to be like God, and then they will be able to do this. Listen to me. I believe we're going to see in Scripture here that the sin of the woman was not even so much so that she did not, uh, that she, she partook of the fruit. One of the greatest sins of the woman in the story was this, that she didn't consult with her husband. I knew, this way. I knew it was going to get interesting today. I knew that. Uh, but, but, but we see that. We, we don't see that he's standing right there. He's right in the midst. As a matter of fact, we know this. We know that in Scripture that God would come out and walk with them in the garden. We knew that there, that there would be this. In, it wasn't going to be long. That just a few moments later that, that God was going to come out and he was going to just fellowship with Adam and Eve and they were going to be able to walk in the garden and just spend time in fellowship together. What a beautiful picture. But yet we see the sin of woman right here in this issue where everything falls apart. She makes the decision to not consult with her husband. And now listen, don't get mad at me. Don't get upset because I'm going to get just as strong on the men in just a few moments as I am on the ladies. I'm an equal opportunity offender, okay? So, I mean, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's that, how that just kind of flows. And again, I'm going to step on my own toes today. But listen, this is the sin of woman here. Jimmy Evans, who has a ministry called Marriage Today, great marriage resource. Check that out. Some great stuff. He made a statement in something I was watching. He said the sin of women relationally is independence and thinking they know everything. No, that's heavy. I know that's strong. But listen, there are so many times that women think they're more spiritual than men. Crickets. I heard that. 
But listen, they think that. And, and, and this is what's sad. You have believed that's how it's supposed to be. The man has, has failed miserably in thinking that that's okay. So we've pulled back and we've let you be stronger spiritually. And we've let you be the leader of the home. And that was never your place. As I said last week, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And in this scripture, we see this literally woman have the opportunity and face before her the temptation. She has a husband who's standing there that she could consult with. She has a God that's getting ready to walk out and spend time with them, but yet on her own, she makes a decision to step into the temptation. It's different, ain't it? It's a different way to look at this, and and it's it's just sad. And, And what we're doing, we're living in a time right now who has taught you to embrace the fall. Literally, we've seen this. We've seen the rise up of women, and, and we've watched this. And I, I was just, I remember a saying that, uh, that, that as I was just preparing this, and it was, I am woman, hear me roar. He's supposed to be roaring. Seriously, and that was, there's a song of that, man. Don't ever listen to us. That's horrible. I mean, I literally, I YouTubed it. I said, I'm just type that in. And hear me roar. And I mean, it was awful, horrible situation. And they, they sung it and made a lot of money. But it is it is literally the things that are being taught to you and being told. And then listen, to get you to think it's okay. Well, I'm going to be more spiritual because he's not. Now listen, listen, we got to hear this today. There are things in our order. Anytime things are out of order, it's chaos. God speaks something directly. And in his word, he says some things here that are huge. First Peter chapter three, he says some things to the women and the men, but because we're gentlemen, we're speaking to ladies first. Let's look at what it says. 1 Peter 3, 3 through 3-6 says this. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing the gold, and putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be in the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner in former things, the holy women who entrusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. I've been working with Angel on that one. Uh, we've been, um, been trying to just encourage her in that area and, and really trying to get her to, uh, to follow out God's plan and purpose for her life and walk in obedience according to the word of God. I just had to slide all right, anybody want to let me sleep with them tonight? Uh, if y'all got to open a bed, holler at me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going uh, I'm, I'm to need that. No, but, but again, we see this. And Sarah Abraham calling him Lord. And, and literally, I love the message paraphrase right there. It just says this. It says, my dear husband. Again, it's not Lord. It's a little L. But it just said, my dear husband. It's watching how she speaks to him and what she says to him. And so she literally says, my, my Lord, my dear husband, and whose daughters you are if you do good and not are afraid with any terror. Now listen, this should never be done out of fear. Ladies walking in submission and being respectful and, and honoring your husband should never be done in any way. There's never should be any connection whose daughters you are of if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. This is not a fear thing. Husband, if you're trying to get your wife to submit and be honorable to you and to respect you and you're doing it out of fear, you're sinning, you need to repent to God, ask forgiveness from your wife and get things in order in your life. That's just true. And so if we ever do this and try to connect with us to fear, it's a sin issue and it's a heart issue in our life. And so we have to understand this. That's sick, it's twisted, it's dysfunctional. But we see this in Scripture. We see that God's calling the ladies to come underneath the submission. Now, I know last week the ladies were more excited when I was talking about that king that's getting ready to come birth forth out of you and how that promise that's getting ready to come forth. But all this has been getting us in preparation for his word. How many knows this is just as much Bible as what I read last week? 
Oh, man, that was good. It's just as much Bible, as much as much truth. So we see this in Scripture. He's challenging and calling the ladies to walk this out. And listen, I know, guys, if you would do this, if you would be more godly to her, she would respect you more. But listen, ladies, regardless of this, he's calling you to submit to him. That's just truth. He's speaking this, and it's, and it's clear. Now, listen, if he ever tries to get you to go into sin, you never go that. God's your Lord. He's a capital in your life. He's your father. He's your Lord. So if your husband is not a follower of Jesus, doesn't, doesn't ha- is not a disciple of Christ, and ever tries to get you into go into any situation or anything that's not godly, a sin, you in, in any, every way that you've got, turn away from that. But it says this in Scripture. Don't make it, again, about the outward thing. And, and what's sad is I grew up in church. They took these verses, and they made this about women, how they dress. How many, how many grew up in that type of church and atmosphere? I mean, is that not true? You read this verse. You read the same verses a day. Somehow they read these verses and they say, well, it's not, that means this. You don't fix your hair and uh, cut it and make it nice. You don't wear jewelry. You don't wear makeup. That is not what this is saying. This is not a matter of our outward appearance. This is a matter of our heart. And I've seen it and it's sad. Again, I grew up in church. Ladies had no makeup on, but they spoke junk about their husband. Bible's clear. They, and, and we wondered this for so long. Why was there so many ladies in the church and the men were home? Thank God. Praise God. That's changing. And we're seeing in this church ratios are the same. And people have both come to husband and wife leading and loving and walking this thing out. And so this is not in any form or fashion you being less of a man. This is not about that. There are, we're equals. Men and women are equal. But listen, in this marriage relationship, he's speaking something clearly here in the word and asking the ladies to come under submission and to honor their husband. And you would be amazed what would happen if you begin to walk this out. And it's crazy. Listen, because because the outward appearance will leave us one day. If you've been in this thing a while, you know what happens in life, man. Things begin to pop out and all this kind of stuff happens, man. It just gets crazy. So again, we don't focus on that. And, and it's amazing. I, I'm in I mean, deep, mad love with my wife. And it's just crazy. I fell in love with her because she was beautiful on the outside. And, and I mean, but there was so much more than that. And I love her because of what's going on inside of her. And I knew that. And so we, I mean, uh, we literally, uh, the first time we ever met was in seventh grade, and it was at a skating ring. <laughs> and I mean, it was, I, I didn't know who she was, but a friend of mine had been, you know, talking to her, that kind of stuff, kind of doing the thing. And so, you know, so we went to the skating rink that night, and, and, and uh, my history of my life, I didn't have a lot of finances in our family, so I didn't go skating much. And, and so I didn't have all the cool skates and, and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't have that. You know, so I was one of those guys that went into the skating ring and didn't put skates on. I just kind of stepped back in the corner. And people thought, man, he's cool. Not I couldn't skate. I mean, that was... I had no skills. And, and it was, I, I, I remember this, in seventh grade, I was sitting there, we was back in there in the little cafe area, and I was propped up on a thing, and they come around, and Angel and her friends come around, I was with my buddy, and we got up, and I saw her for the first time, and it was in that moment, she fell in love with me. I mean, it was an immediate attraction right then. I mean, she saw me, and she said, I've got to have that guy. And he's got to be married me one day. And so she pursued me. I mean, it was crazy. For the next, I don't know, five years or so, finally in 11th grade, I agreed to go out with her. And um, I finally, you know, decided to, that's a lie. Uh, but, um, but it not exactly worked out that way. We didn't see each other for a couple of years. Then ninth grade, we met again. Didn't see each other for a couple of years. Then 11th grade, she finally got me. 
and uh, we began to date. But I fell in love with her, not just because she's beautiful, but her heart's beautiful. And she's got a heart for God. And she, when she reads Scripture, she wants to walk this out and live this out. So listen, honor and respect, it's a big deal to men. And I, I, now listen, I, I, I know what's going on. We're, we're afraid if we do this, they'll take advantage of it. We're afraid if we give a little bit, and if we just ease up in a certain area, and if I give them any respect, they're just going to go run with it, wild with it, or whatever. Listen, do what God said to do. Do what God said to do. And listen, men will respond to honor. And, and I promise you this, it'll make you more attractive to your husband if you honor him. It will. It'll do that in your life. And you see this. You see this illustration, beautiful, in the football that's taken off. Man, everybody's all about the football thing right now. And I watched a game last night, but it's interesting. You see these guys out there on the field doing their thing and getting crazy. And you see the ladies on the sideline. It don't matter what happens. One yard. I mean, that's all they got. One yard. Yeah, I mean, spirit fingers. I mean, that's just, I mean, yes. I mean, one yard. And I mean, it, it doesn't matter. But just a constant encouragement. Constant cheering on, constant honoring. And it just does something. They've shown us statistically when the cheerleaders are doing their thing more, the guys rise up. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, so ladies, do this. Honor your husband. And, 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 and again, respect him. We've seen gang fights and different things happen because you know why? They disrespected me. He disrespected me. Respect's a big deal. And God asks us to do it. So just walk this out. And you know how you can do this? Only with the help of the Holy Spirit. There is no other way. You can't make up your mind that I'm going to honor him more. You let the Holy Spirit lead you, help you, encourage you to walk this out. It's the only way it'll happen, and he will do that when you respond to him. Now let's make the men mad. We see in Scripture this, this horrible picture. You see, and we just read it. We just see that in this Scripture, in this text today, it says that she took the fruit and she ate, and she gave to her husband who was with her. We see this happen here. We see this picture. And the whole time that this situation is going on and Eve is being tempted, Adam was right there being silent. He was in there the whole time. He was in this situation. And he knew what was going on. He saw this happening. And I don't know what was going on, but here's here's when things got ugly. He began to do this. Instead of stepping into and stopping this situation and protecting her, he partook of it. And so he did this. He literally, men don't ever partake of what you should be protecting your wife from. Never. Never partake of what you should be protecting your wife from. And so we see this in here. He walks in. He steps in. And what was happening? I don't know what was going on. I don't know if the remote was in his hand. He was busy. I don't know if football was opening game, opening day. We got to be serious. This is serious business. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it was this. I don't know if he had a fishing rod in his hand. He had a bow and arrow, he had a gun, he had a computer, he had a, he had a time card, and he was working. I don't know what he was doing, but it didn't matter. Listen, he failed miserably, and he sinned when he'd done this. He let Eve nourish him instead of him being the one to nourish her. Amen. And that has to happen. It has to be the men stepping in. And listen, God's calling us to do this. He's calling us to lead and to step in. And the only way that we can do this is with the help of the Holy Spirit. There's no other way. You can't be, I'm going to man up and do this. No, you're going to say, God, I can't do this. But you can do it through me. And I love you and I need you. I need your, your grace and your spirit to help me walk this out. And he says this to us in 1 Peter 3. He spoke to the ladies. And he says in verse 7 of 1 Peter 3, he said, Husbands, likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers 
may not be hindered. Wow. Wow. He's challenging us here. And again, we have to submit to God to walk this out. And I promise you this. Guys, if you live a life submitted to God, they'll submit to you. I promise, ladies, you should have said amen. That's true. If you live a life submitted to God, they'll submit to you. They'll, they'll come underneath that and they'll do this. And how do we do that? What does that look like? You know what it looks like? It looks like how Jesus did it. And Jesus served That's what he did. He served. He lived a life of service. The Gospels tell us he didn't come to be served, but to serve. And so he literally did this in his life. He served. He helped with their needs. We served. We did everything that God's called us to do. And so you walk this out. You live this. And you do this when you're doing what God's called you to do by serving your wife. Ladies, I told you a lot this part. You serve her. Well, you don't know, man, I've been doing this, and I've been working, and it's been a crazy day. You know what you're supposed to do? Love her as Christ loved the church. You know what you're supposed to do? Give yourself to her the same way Christ gave himself to this church, and he gave himself to you. So we walk this out. We live this life. We do it. And I promise you, I promise you guys, if you do this, you'll be more attractive to your, your wife. Statistics show it, man. Studies show over and over and over. They've done this over and over and over. Show that, that the men are more sexually attractive to their wives when he's doing housework. <laughs> I'm serious. It is a trip. And, uh, and, and um, so we're going to revisit. We're going to revisit marriage in a couple of weeks because there's more God wants to say on this subject. But, but they're literally, they're more attractive. And, and if you're trying to get something, man, you're trying to walk in and start that romantic relationship at night when you get home. And you should have started that morning when you got up. <laughs> there's a book, and, uh, and, it, and it's, it's, it's called Sex Begins in the Kitchen. So, you know, what I try to do? I try to get my wife in the kitchen first thing in the morning. <laughs> Serious. I mean, y'all think I'm kidding. So you know what? I, I fix breakfast every morning. Some of y'all, man, he's just so sweet. No, I am smart. I'm a genius, man. I am a genius. Some of you guys are just baking and eggs away, man, from a great time. If you would do this, so listen to me. I'm telling you, get up and start serving your wife. I, I had one of the young ladies ask me this the other day. I had one of the young ladies ask me this the other day, do you do the dishes all the time? They're all the time they're at my house. I'm doing it. I'm saying, yep, yeah, most of the time. Oh, I am not that sweet. I am a genius. I'm telling you, man. I mean, I am smart. And so I'm doing things. I'm trying to serve. And we're trying to do this stuff. And so I learned this a long time ago. It was crazy. She fixed me breakfast this morning. You try to take advantage of me, aren't you? What time is it? Let me get this thing wrapped up. But you know, something was awesome is we're married. It's supposed to be that way. That's what's so screwed up about our world. And they're saying, we can't talk about it. I can't believe he's sitting in church. This is where it should be. That's God's plan. He's got a purpose for it. And so it's how we should walk it out and live it out every day of our life. And guys, you'll do this by loving her the way Christ loves the church. And you know what he did for us? He got up on a cross and gave his life. That's what he did for us. Well, man, I'm, I can't do that. I, I, I'm too cool. Listen, no, you're a fool, not cool. If you do that, make that decision. It's crazy. It's crazy to not honor and serve and give to your wife. It's foolishness, and it makes no sense. And so we're just killing ourselves when we do this. So you get up, and it's just, and the Lord hit me with the Scripture. When I was studying for this series, he never hit me before like this. As the Scripture says, for the joy that's set before him, he endured the cross. 
And I went, and it never made sense until I was reading, studying that this week. And again, I know God's word is living, and it didn't just mean what I'm getting ready to tell you, but I believe it applies here. I was reading that, and he said, for the joy that's set before him, he endured all the shame. He endured everything that did not come natural for him. We know he sat in a garden and struggled with what he was getting ready to have to do. But he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. He knew what would come. And I promise you, endure the cross, guys. Serve her when it's not comfortable. Serve her and love her and get up and take her plate. Open the door up. Be a gentleman. Do whatever it is that you've got to do. But honor her. Love her. Give to her the same way Christ gave to you. And he makes this very clear in Scripture. And when we do this and we walk this out, it will change her. Don't wait if she starts submitting. Don't wait. Well, man, you don't know. My wife, she won't do. It, it, it not, listen, do what God called you to do. Be obedient to what God said for you. And if you don't, you're disobedient. So listen, we look at God's word and we read the scripture. And he says to the men in Ephesians 5, he says it again. He said, husbands, love your wives. Verse 25, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. They knew, Adam and Eve knew that if they ate of the fruit, they would die. Now, just, just watch this. They knew this. So Adam, looking at this situation, seeing that Eve had eaten the fruit, and he said this. He said, if my wife's going to die, I'm going to die with her. But that's not what we were called to do. Jesus saw his bride and his wife dead. And he, this is what he did. He came and he says, I'm not going to die with her. I'm going to die for her. And so literally he comes onto the scene and he gives his life for us. And as men of God who are called by him, who can walk this out of the Holy Spirit, you give your life for your wife. You love her. You treat her that way. Young men, listen to me. You, marriage may like it's a lot of years off, but it'll be here before you know it. Apply this word, walk this out. And I promise you for the joy to sit before us. We can make this and go.